Screenless. Jesper Hauslev, Senior Product Lead at Lego. Welcome to Creative Cuppa. Thank you very much, and thank you very much for having me. You're very welcome. So you work at Many Kids Dream Company. What does your job involve on a typical day? So my job on a typical day, and I do apologize for breaking a lot of illusions right now, unfortunately, it does not involve me sitting around building Legos all day. <laughs> um, uh, so I just want to put that out there so, you know, people have no, uh, you know, illusions. Um, but what it does involve is uh, still quite exciting. So I work in the digital side of Legos, many, many different areas. And I work specifically in a department called uh, Digital Consumer Engagement. Now, what we do is basically we own and manage all of the Lego apps that aren't a game or tied into a space to a specific product. So uh, the one that I'm looking after specifically is the one called Lego Life, which is a social network for kids who love Lego and is a place for kids to, uh, you know, share their love of Lego, to get inspired by other people's love of Lego and sort of be part of a community to that sort of aims to enhance um, creative brickwork, um, as we call it. Nice. So, uh, <laughs> uh, so it does involve, you know, a lot of Lego building in, you know, in sort of in some regards. Yeah. I love that. I love the idea of a, a social network for kids because what one thing, and I was speaking to somebody about this the other day, that if you look at, say, a, a cartoon version, animated version of Star Wars or Jurassic Park or something like that, the Lego versions, yeah, you just know that they are going to be child-friendly, uh, kind of family-friendly viewing. So I think the brand is that strong that if Lego say, oh, we've got a social network, you know it's going to be a, a safe space, don't you? Yes, exactly. And that is, you're sort of hitting uh, hitting the nail right on the head there because it's also one of the things that we are very much aware of and that you need to be very aware of uh, when you work for Lego. Uh, and it's something that we're all, like everyone at Lego, takes a real sense of pride in knowing that we are this, you know, large global brand, um, which can be a little mm. bit, you know, sometimes to be per to be perfectly honest, you do tend to forget about it because Lego's HQ is in the middle of a field in this very small little, you know, village in the middle of Denmark that's just surrounded by fields. And, you know, this is where you have one of the biggest, most popular toy companies in the world ever. So, you know, it's just sometimes good to kind of remind yourself uh, of that. But yeah, like <laughs> safety and security for, for kids and online safety is one of the things that we are you know, extremely vigilant uh, about and uh, especially an app and an experience like Lego Life, for instance, knowing that it is, in essence, it is a social network. It does involve interaction on some level between kids and sort of how do we keep them safe and how do we keep it still playful and how do we make it adhere to sort of Lego's exceptionally high standards because, you know, we do want to be the standard that people are looking towards. So, you know, they can say, well, if Lego is doing it this way, then maybe we should do it that way uh, as well. Yeah. So that's a lot of pressure, but this also comes with a lot of interesting challenges. And I like to hope to think that we will keep on rising, rising to that challenge. Yeah. yeah. So you, you've been at Lego since 2019. Yes, I have. So I'm still fairly new. Yeah. 
So at what point did you decide you wanted to do what you do? Was it something you decided on when you were much younger or did it, is it something that evolved and you ended up there? Sort of for me, one of the things that I've always sort of my childhood and my, you know, my hobbies and my, and my aspirations have always sort of evolved around. It's always been around sort of stories and worlds and um, obviously being a kid and being a Danish kid. You know, I would build these very elaborate sort of story worlds with my Lego bricks and, you know, sit on my room and tell all kinds of stories. And, you know, later on, as I got older, uh, me and my friend would start to create our little like comic books and, uh, you know, with me as the writer and uh, and him as the artist. And then sort of again, like as I kept on growing older, then I came across games and computer games, which to me is sort of very much the um, what's the word It's very much sort of the pinnacle of story worlds, because no other medium can sort of allow you to step into a different world and experience it sort of really up close. And mm. I always knew that games and sort of, you know, sort of gaming worlds would be a big part of what I wanted to do. I started uni. Uh, I started on a course called Humanistic Informatics, uh, which oh. sounds really sort of far and um, far and high fetch. But basically, like what it is, is human interaction with the digital world or basically computers, uh, as they said now, uh, that one. Yes, but what made you choose that course? I mean, that's, I've yeah. been listening, thinking, oh, yes, yeah, that makes sense. And then, what? <laughs> that's that's quite out there, isn't it? It is. And and also, it sounds a lot more high-flying than, than it actually is. But the reason <laughs> why I wanted to choose that was because that they had sort of three different areas that you could then specialize in um, a little bit further down uh, the line. And one of them was multimedia, uh, as it was called back in the day, uh, which probably also shows just how old I actually am, um, <laughs> where you actually, like a big part of that was where you got to play with uh, macromedia, if you know, if yeah. you know, listeners yeah. remember what that was, yes. uh, such as director and Dreamweaver. And to Dreamweaver. me, that kind of, yeah, good old classic. <laughs> and to me, that kind of felt like that was the closest that I would be able to get in sort of to making games or something game-like. Um, and of course, that's where Flash comes from as well. Flash, yes, exactly, and everything used widely in the animation industry. Yeah, exactly, and that was great. And I was sort of like, right, I'm sort of on the cusp of something great here. And then I had an epiphany because I suddenly realized that you know, games was actually now starting to be considered as an area for study, like an actual academic area. Now, mind you, this was back in the start of the 2000s, so um, you know, games were still slightly like in their infancy, they were sort of starting to become a little bit more mainstream and they were starting to become a little bit more advanced. And, you know, you would start to see these really elaborate, you know, stories and story worlds. And when I sort of realized that this was an actual academic field of study, you know, my mind was blown completely. And I thought, this is, you know, this is what I want to do. But I still had this sort of, you know, this sort of want and desire to be able to you know make my own games but i'd sort of sort of park that and say no this is great i'm going to pursue a career in academia i want to be sort of one of the trailblazers and studying games and and you know uh, during uh, during uni i did some really you know great work uh, on that which i'm actually sort of still quite proud of and still can sort of draw on uh, a lot so fast forwarding then a few years and uh, i got the opportunity to do an internship with the bbc uh, children's uh, bbc uh, in london so I went to the BBC, to BBC Children's, worked on a children's show called uh, Bamsuki, uh, sort of an intern slash production runner, which was some of the most fun months I've ever spent in my life. It was <laughs> such a good team. It was such a great experience. And uh, those, I was initially just going to be there for four months. 
I then went back to Denmark. A month later, they called me up and said, hey, Jesper, we're, um, we're starting up the new series and it'd be nice to get some people back who actually you know, knew the concept. So would you want to come back? And I said, uh, let me think about that for about like 10 seconds. And yes, of course, I'm going to come back. That's <laughs> um, how it happens, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. And again, it was an amazing experience again. And um, sort of now having sort of, you know, gotten sort of my foot inside the door at one of the biggest media organizations uh, in the world, I was very lucky and very fortunate to be to be able to join after the series had ended to join the interactive uh, team at um, at BBC Children's who were looking after the website. And at that point, uh, CBBC was also starting to venture into more elaborate gaming projects. Uh, and I saw that as this is my opportunity to sort of finally sort of get in and get my hands dirty with it. And it was a great learning experience. I kind of joined in as sort of a development researcher working on the development team and was helping with everything like, uh, you know, uh, writing and collating the design documents as, you know, uh, helping prepare for voice recording sessions, uh, meeting the actual developers because we'd outsourced the actual development to to a game company called Larian uh, Studios in the Netherlands. Uh, no, uh, Benelux, uh, actually. Through that, I got involved in other gaming projects as well. And all of them sort of very much with the focus on children, you know, this being a project led by BBC Children's. So it was very much gaming for children. And a lot of these projects, they were kind of challenging the, at the time, uh, game, the design conventions about sort of what a game for children should be. And that was very exciting to be part of that. And I sort of continued there for a number of years, then made a slight pivot, you could say, and moved over to uh, ITV to become the online uh, editor for the CITV website, which they were looking to rebrand, rescope, and redefine what the online offering for, for CITV was going to be. And sort of me, with my perspective and sort of my focus on worlds and world building, and sort of I like to see the digital and mm. experiences and game experiences as worlds and not, and not exactly as sort of, um, you know, a game or a website uh, as such. And that was a... And that was a great opportunity to be able to join that uh, as well. So I spent a number of years there and then the opportunity came to then kind of pivot back into more dedicated game production uh, again. So uh, I moved back to my native Denmark and joined a company there called Progressive. Uh, and this was sort of where I really got into, dare I say, proper game development. So I, I was hired in to produce a game called uh, Hugo Troll Wars. Uh, so I work on that. Um, and to be honest, it was quite a bit of a steep learning curve uh, coming from working with games at the BBC, uh, where it was sort of very, you know, new and you were sort of helping define the process and the way of looking at games and from a BBC perspective. And it was also sort of during this time that I sort of started to become aware of that there is actually a lot of difference between when you are a producer, when you are a project manager and when you are a product manager. And that actually took me, to be perfectly honest, that actually took me a few years to work out exactly sort of what the difference was between them and sort of where I fit it in. Mm. And I'll be per perfectly honest, I don't think I've even worked it out completely yet. The reason for <laughs> that is, the reason for that is that it actually depends and differs a lot based on what company you're in and what it is that they work on. But after a number of years working uh, in game development, also then later returning to the UK to work for various uh, indie game studios there. I very much sort of 
you know, eventually kind of settled on that it's the product management side of things that I'm mostly intrigued by because as the product manager, you're managing the product, the product being the game or the digital experience in general. And it's through uh, sort of with the focus on that where you are the champion of the product and then uh, then in an ideal world, you would then have your discussions with the champion of the schedule, which would be the project yeah. manager. And then through there, uh, sometimes with some heated but always friendly discussions, hopefully, mm -hmm. uh, you sort of you know create something really, really great and really, really spectacular. Going back to Lego, is Lego Life something that is live right now? It is, yeah, actually. Lego Life has actually been live since the past three years now. I think it launched in, wow, obviously okay. it launched before I joined, but it launched way back in, I believe it was uh, January of 17, uh, I think. And uh, quite a undertaking uh, at the time. And also, <laughs> yeah. you know, perhaps like even like something that people wouldn't expect Lego to kind of venture into. But you know, once you look at it now, and when I joined the team, it had been running for quite a number of years. So, you know, looking at it now, it does make a lot of sense because we know that there's a lot of children uh, out there who love Lego. And, you know, if there's one thing that Lego is good at, and maybe even sort of quite unique at, is that it's, it's something that can be a very rewarding experience if you're just sitting by yourself. But it could equally be just a rewarding experience if you sit and, you know, play and build together. Uh, as well. Yeah, yeah. You know, the strange times we live in now with COVID-19 and lockdown, we've actually seen a lot of this sort of playing and building together really kind of coming through. You know, we've been hearing a lot from parents and carers and the children themselves that being able to build together, you know, a yeah. Lego castle or a cool spaceship and stuff like that is, you know, is such a rewarding experience. And, you know, it's, it's so nice to hear those stories because, again, it reminds you that you are working for a really unique company with a very unique um, you know, product and proposal. With that in mind, I have a couple of ideas for you for products. So we all know what it feels like to step on a Lego brick. It really, really hurts. So slippers with the Lego underside for soles. And then you can just pick up Lego as you, as you walk through. That is an excellent idea. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I'm just writing it down right now. <laughs> so the other one is a Lego vacuum cleaner that is also the storage container. Ah. So it's teaching kids to vacuum and then they vacuum up their Lego and it's put away. I love that. I love that idea. That is so brilliant. I cannot tell you the <laughs> amount of times that my daughter, uh, who's three, has gotten her hands on our brick bin and, you know, thrown it all over the room and had a lot of fun. Then it's been dinner time yeah. or, you know, something else caught her attention. The amount of time poor daddy here spent, you know, just meticulously picking up all the pieces and putting them back in the bin. Um, I love that idea. I think that's really, really great. And it will teach her how to clean up. Fantastic. Well, where can people find you online? Uh, I think the best place to find me uh, online would be on my uh, Twitter uh, account, uh, which is uh, pseudothinking. Uh, or just search for my name, uh, Jesper Hauerslef, or just any kind of post that's got anything to do with Lego, like at the moment, <laughs> I seem to be involved in them, uh, which is great. So yeah, all kinds of 
strange musings and some funny stories and uh, the occasional odd picture uh, of a strange build uh, from time to time. Fantastic. I will put those links in the uh, show notes as well. As well as I've got a few fun facts that I discovered online about Lego, so I'll I'll put those in the show notes as well, just just for kicks. But for now, Jesper Hauslev, thank you ever so much for joining me for a cup of tea. Thank you very much. Cheers. Have a good day all.